Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's uh, move uh, offshore to a certain degree because there's no question one of the big personalities and talented sports people in the last couple of decades has been American Serena Williams. Now, her crusade to win that elusive 24th major title and draw level with our West Australian Margaret Court has been, when you look at it, probably a five-year saga, and that looks almost certain to end fruitlessly now when she retires at this year's US Open that gets underway at the end of this month. Let's discuss tennis and where this leaves Serena in the scheme of things uh, Brett Phillips is, of course, our SEN tennis expert and the host of The First Serve. Uh, Brett, thanks for your time. Pleasure, Pete. Nice to chat. Yeah, likewise. I gather we saw this coming, but saying that, all of a sudden, she's announced it, and I was getting on the US Open website, and it appears that fans are now gobbling up tickets to be there when Serena goes on court for the first time. Yeah, look, we knew it was, uh, you know, going to be imminent. We just didn't quite know. I mean, Serena's never been, as she even stated herself, Peter, she's never really been comfortable with the word retirement. I remember uh, many, many years ago uh, when asked, I think, you know, about her career, she said, look, you know, something to the effect of uh, I'll just sort of, you know, I'll just drift off. It won't be um, a huge uh, fanfare when I retire. And, Look, she, uh, you know, she's been hanging on really the last uh, year or two. I mean, we have we've hardly seen her on the tennis court. Um, you know, watching her at Wimbledon, even watching her first round match, which I did yesterday in uh, Toronto at the uh, the WTA 1000. Um, you know, she is certainly not the player that she was, and you know, she's better turn 41 in September. And you know, the game has continued to shift uh, in this um, you know, last four to five years. I think you know, there's still the aura of Serena, but you know, physically now. Uh, these uh, these players have taken their games to a, a new level and uh, they're not maybe as intimidated. So she's become more susceptible. And, you know, you know, when is the perfect way to exit? Well, you know, she's on home soil in the US. I mean, she has been trying, her and her husband, to have a, a second child this year, which um, hasn't been successful. I think she was given the all clear by the doctors a week ago that that, you know, it's still a possibility and she doesn't want to be really doing that. Because uh, I think little Olympia, uh, the five-year-old, is uh, crying out for a baby sister or brother, and she doesn't really want to be doing that while still trying to be a professional athlete at 40 years of age. So, yeah, the curtain had to come down at uh, some point. Um, it is a shame in a way, but she's had ample chances, hasn't she? I mean, you know, their last slam, of course, at the Aussie Open 2017, and you know, she's been in all those finals since where. She just didn't play her best tennis on those respective days to either equal Margaret or, you know, we thought certainly it looked like a fait accompli she was going to go past and at least get to 25. But, you know, if you're looking at, I suppose, the open era versus uh, the uh, the amateur era, I mean, her record will stand up in the open era and, and may never be passed. Uh, so she's... Uh, yeah, going to have a few records that will uh, stand the test of time. Well, she was a bit salty when she did announce it in the statement. And let me just quote a, a line here. She says, there are people who say I'm not 
the GOAT or the greatest of all time because I didn't pass Margaret Court's record of 24 Grand Slam titles, which she achieved before the Open era that began in 1968. So all of a sudden there will be the modern-day tennis player being Serena Williams and, of course, the one from a couple of generations back in Margaret Court. Mm. That conversation and that comparison will live on into tennis eternity, won't it? Yeah, it will. Look, I mean, the, the two eras are married up in a sense because when we look through the records of tennis, uh, you know, in terms of who's won the most Grand Slam titles on the men's and women's side, you've got obviously a, a combination of players who played in uh, the amateur era and the open era. So, and that all gets uh, interwined. But, you know, certainly since the game uh, went, you know, totally uh, professional, uh, late 60s into the early 70s, Obviously, Serena's uh, record absolutely, um, you know, stands up. So I think uh, once she retires and we reflect and and you sort of uh, do the comparison, um, no doubt, you know, in the separation of the eras, she'll be regarded as the you know the finest player uh, that we've seen statistically. Um, but you know, Margaret's record will stand in the history of tennis across you know its whole existence, and and a very different era too. I mean, you know, that was the days when. Uh, they were playing doubles and mixed doubles, and obviously Margaret's won what over 60 uh, combined um, across all three forms. Whereas in this era, it's uh, extremely tough to be playing uh, all uh, all three of the majors, um, even two of them. I mean, Serena and Venus did play doubles there for quite some time. I think they've won, you know, 14 doubles titles together, but that gave way as obviously they got older into their 30s. Um, but yeah, look, you know, there's always been this mystery around the Williams sisters. I can only suspect if Serena's going to retire that this might also uh, signal the end of the career of Venus. We haven't heard anything in that regard. I mean, she's 42 and, you know, really like Serena, not playing a hell of a lot of tennis at the moment. So whether there's another layer there that they might go out together, which a lot of people have suspected for quite some time that they would bow out of the sport together. So we'll wait and see. But it's interesting, uh, put Margaret Court aside. So we look at some of the great players on the women's side in recent times. And you look at Steffi Graf, who retired, I think, at the age of of 30 and won 22 Grand Slam titles. Then you look at Martina Navratilova, who was just an outstanding player. And she retired, I think, basically before in the late 30s, possibly around about 38. And she won 18 Grand Slam titles. Then you've got Serena. Now, I don't reckon a lot separates Navratilova, yep. Graf, and Williams. Would you be? Would that mm. be a fair comment? No, that's a, it's a good a good comment. I probably should clarify what I was just saying before. Pete. I mean, it's, it's a bit like this constant discussion we have with the men because um, I have always stated every time I've been asked the question, who do you who you know who do you think is the greatest uh, male player that you've seen? And I will I will always say Roger Federer. So I don't base it on just uh, stats. And even though Novak. Um, in the long run, uh, may end up statistically the greatest of all time. So that's absolutely subjective. Uh, yes, you know, her record stands. Um, but, you know, many people could mount an argument that, you know, Steffi, what she did in her career was uh, phenomenal. Uh, you know, the, the uh, Navarette Lover and Everett, you know, with, what, 18 and the rivalry they had through a, 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 a glorious era of women's tennis. So yeah, it's one of those things you could argue that the cows come home and, and everyone will come up with, um, you know, a different 
a different uh, reason as to why they think a player was the greatest they've seen, uh, whatever sport it is. So I, I, I'll say again, uh, I don't think I don't think it's just based on stats. Mm, interesting, interesting. Let's look at Nick Kyrgios. Uh, all of a sudden, he's found love. Uh, he seems very content with himself and his new partner, and he's found a new lease of life when it comes to tennis, and he's playing very well. Well, I've got to say, Pete, right now, and uh, touch wood, he he seems to be in a in a good place. Yeah, there's a, there's a shift. Uh, I'd love to know some of the conversations that have gone on. Um, with Nick and you know the people close to him now that he's broken through and made a Grand Slam final and you know the age that he's at and he talks about you know some of the demons that he had last year when he was in a, a really dark place and hardly played any tennis. Uh, so I mean, look, the the thing we do know is that the tennis is just off the charts. He plays he plays top five tennis. I mean, Ivan Dodig, who we played on the first serve last night, the Croatian double mm. specialist. Said when he and uh, Austin Krajicek went down to Jack Sock and uh, Nick Kyrgios in the doubles final in Washington on the weekend, he looked over at Nick and he said, <laughs> "I don't know what you're doing, man, but I'm throwing the challenge out to you that you could be number one in singles and doubles." And Nick, you know, uh, gave him the little wave. Thank you, I appreciate the compliment. And he's been saying what we've all been thinking for a long time. I just wonder if that all sit in the back of Nick's mind. Okay, um, this is this is now the time. This is now the time. I am. Uh, I do have a, a nice uh, relationship off court. It seems really stable. He's got a good little crew. It's not a big crew that travel with him, uh, even though I can't understand still, Pete, why he gives it to them so much. I can't get to the bottom of that, uh, why he berates them uh, when the chips are down, but we'll see if that is a continuation. But now's the opportunity uh, to really maximise. And I think a little penny's dropped. Uh, I, once again, touch wood. I, I don't know whether it's sustainable, and things could you know, possibly go off the rails, who knows. But he plays Medvedev in the next round in uh, Montreal uh, coming up, uh, I think it'll be, what, in about 24, 48 hours. So mm. let, let's, take a look, let's take a look at that match. And, and this will give us a real idea of where Nick's at because he looks a little fatigued. He's played a bit of tennis in the last week, got through his first round match today. But if he could beat Medvedev and stay the distance with a guy who's unorthodox, relentless, really difficult to play then we get a better feel for Nick Kyrgios. But, um, yeah, look, his tennis is so watchable. <laughs> uh, very it's much so. so. You know, Andy Roddick's been full of praise, the former world number one. Mark Petchy, who's a retired t- uh, British tennis player, says that he reckons Nick Kyrgios's serve is top five of all time. He, you know, he puts him alongside cool. Isner, Karlovic, yeah. Becker, Sampras, yep. and even, even Isovic. Uh, what are your thoughts on those comments, which are big comments to sort of put him in the all-time top five service? No doubt, absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's one of the hardest serves to read. I mean, he can he can just go to that and step up to the line and bounce the ball a couple of times and send one past your ears at uh, you know two hundred plus clicks. So uh, whether he's going T wide, you can't get a total uh, grasp on it just with his ball toss. Look, it's it's a huge weapon uh, that he knows he can go to to get himself out of strife. Uh, his ground strokes are incredible, and he's certainly coming forward a lot more, and he's an exquisite volleyer as well. He's got beautiful hands. So, I mean, he is, he is a, a phenomenal tennis player. If he, can, if he can keep it together above the shoulders and just keep working on that mental state to stay engaged and in the moment, then 
who's going to beat Nick Kyrgios? Not too many, I've got to mm. say, on the tour. Can I tell you, the two biggest draw cards at the US Open will be Serena Williams. And I've seen it firsthand when I was there about three years ago. Nick Kyrgios. Though he was packing the stadiums out then, and that was not so much Arthur Ashe, but certainly Louis Armstrong and those other courts. With what he's done in Washington and what he's done in Atlanta, don't you worry. Uh, the fan club will be out in force at Flushing Meadow in a couple of weeks' time. Here's a real draw card. Well, I think the Americans might love Nick Kyrgios more than we do. But then again, I mean, our, our tennis players spend more time abroad than they do at home. So they, they probably don't quite connect here with the Australian tennis fans just because of the nature of the tour and then the fact that the Aussies don't rarely come home when they're on the road. They've got to stay a lot longer than uh, you know, players from other countries. So he's sort of got this uh, base of fans around the world. But no, you're right. Uh, I'll never forget sitting out at a doubles match. He was playing with Matty Reid out on court four or five um, at the back there at Flushing Meadows. And it was 20 deep, Pete. It was ridiculous. I mean, the kids uh, were there wanting a piece. And uh, at the sit-downs, he would just turn around and he'd get a wristband out of his bag and just throw it to one of the kids, here you go, and they thought it was, you know, like Christmas. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, they, uh, they, they, there's a lot of intrigue, um, and he, and he no, no doubt draws a crowd. But the good part right now, right in the moment, his tennis is doing the talking. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, and on that note, thanks for joining us, Brett. Uh, always lovely to talk tennis with you. A bit happening in the sport as we lead up to the final Grand Slam of 2022, the US Open. Thanks for your time, and we'll chat again soon. Indeed. Thanks, Pete. Okay, Brett Phillips there, uh, the SEN tennis expert and the host of the first serve. It's 26 past five. Uh, We'll look at the WAFL next here on Drive with Peter Vlahos.